Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this draft day in the Caldwell Banker Group Line Realty Studio in West Monroe. Our number one draft pick certainly throughout uh, all these weeks when it centers around LSU is the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. How you doing this morning, Chris? Doing fine, guys. Doing fine. You get fired up for the NFL draft, or I, I guess with the, the number of LSU players through the years, that certainly adds a lot more intrigue with the relationships and you knowing a lot of these different players. Yeah, it's always an exciting time. I mean, it's uh, a life-changing event for these guys that you know, obviously put in the blood, sweat, and tears here at LSU. So it's a chance to, to see, you know, where they're going to go and, and where we'll be watching them and uh, – Tiger fans want jerseys to go out and get uh, as these guys move along in their in their careers uh, in the NFL. So it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I try to avoid all the hubbub prior to because all types of guessing where this guy will go, what round he will go, what pick he will go. Uh, I think it's more enjoyable for me. Uh, again, mainly due to the fact that you know I'm pretty busy with LSU baseball just to find a few moments and, and watch where they all fall. So uh, kind of avoided all the talk leading up to it, but it'll be fun to see over the next couple of days uh, where these guys are headed to. Chris, we, we've learned and we certainly know a lot about uh, Darius's Geis' uh, past and his upbringing, what he's gone through. To see a kid like that now get a shot at the league and kind of silence some of his critics, that, that's got to be a pretty good story for you to follow. And, of course, uh, I know you're rooting him on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really kind of – uh, part of the reason, again, I, as I mentioned, I try to get away from all the hubble because this one has to be one of the all-time greats on Much Ado About Nothing. I mean, I'm really surprised uh, at the, the way this has picked up traction with really no substantiated uh, evidence or events or activity uh, warrant that. So that's been fun for me to watch because anybody who knows Darius knows that he's a people person. Uh, he likes to have a good time. He works hard. Everything that you want a young man to do, he does, uh, and still makes it look easy to do and makes it look like he's having fun doing it. <laughs> you know, if he loves playing video games, I think there's a lot of worse things you can be into uh, when you've gotten uh, plenty of time on your hands and here in the near future, plenty of coin in your pocket. So I, I don't quite understand the whole controversy. And, you know, the good news is that a guy that dedicates himself the way he does uh, in all aspects of, of what will now be his full-time job, uh, whenever he gets signed, whatever pick, whatever draft, whatever round, at the end of the day, somebody's going to get a great player and he's going to stick, and I have no doubt he's going to have a great future at the league. Chris, before we get into this series, uh, starting tonight versus Ole Miss and some LSU baseball news, you were on the road, but I know you are keeping close tabs on the spring game and what took place. A lot of people were surprised at how well uh, Justin McMillan did at quarterback. 
You uh, know the people inside that program. We've talked to a lot of different people. Uh, what kind of quarterback is McMillan, and is now he a contender for this starting job for LSU? Well, I mean, I can only take it, you know, face value exactly what the, the coaches say. I mean, they, right now they think it's a, a three-man race, and ultimately in time, more likely fall camp, it'll become a two-man race. Eventually they'll name a starter, and probably sometime in August, and, and then we'll move forward. You know, spring games are spring games, and there's also something to be said about a guy who's been around the program, uh, you know, had experience, uh, whether it be running scout team or running with the twos or the threes, um, you know, again, with another overhaul of the offense uh, with Coach Emsminger. So, you know, I don't know that it's a big surprise to me that Justin would do well. I also say I don't think it would be a huge surprise if he sees plenty of reps in fall camp and possibly sees a lot of action this fall. I mean, ultimately, these guys want to find the right combination that can utilize what's around them. Uh, and without the big stalwart running back, uh, that LSU's been accustomed to for seems like years and years and years, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, incumbent upon this quarterback to be able to make plays. He can't just simply sit back there and utilize the weapons around him. They'll have to make plays. So for that reason, I think, you know, Justin's skill set kind of allows for that. Um, but again, I take spring games about like I take, you know, National Signing Day. Uh, you know, when the rubber meets the road, we'll find out exactly what will happen. And I don't think we've even begun to roll the car out yet uh, before you get to fall camp. So we shouldn't read into too much with the spring game. And uh, I think, what, 75 offensive plays and 40 of them, they were in shotgun formation with Ensminger's offense. Again, Coach O saying 30 to 35% of the offense is in at this time. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, that percentage of what we saw in the 75 plays or so were in shotgun, if that wouldn't end up being 25 to 30% of the overall offense come this fall. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, it's one of those deals where you like to see the guys get out there. You like the fact that they put several weeks in preparing for next season. Uh, but to hang and, and live with live or die, I guess is a better phrase, on what you saw in a spring game, not just at LSU, but really anywhere in the country, uh, it's probably not the way to do it. Well, uh, the spring game is playing out. You were over in uh, South Carolina. A rough weekend for the Tigers. What did you make uh, from that? And, of course, how they rebounded this week, a midweek game versus Lamar? Well, I think, first of all, you saw a South Carolina team. I, I told this story earlier in the week, but when I arrived in Columbia uh, on Thursday, I picked up the, the state newspaper uh, headed into the hotel room and you know, the big story in Columbia was a couple of guys who had been in and out of the lineup due to injury for South Carolina were all going to be back. Um, you know, Madison Stokes, uh, T.J. Hopkins, their center fielder, which both of those guys turned out to put in not only great plays in the field, but you know, had a really good job at the plate. And this is a team whose numbers offensively, you know, just weren't that impressive. Um, but, boy, they were hard outs, everybody in the lineup. I mean, there was one guy going into Sunday without a hit in the starting lineup, and as it would turned out, he would pick up an RBI single for his first hit of the weekend uh, in that rally that the Gamecocks had on Sunday. Um, it was a tough weekend. I mean, really nothing went right for LSU. Um, Zach Hess didn't have an awful outing, but it certainly wasn't one of his best. Uh, the bullpen, which has been so phenomenal this season, uh, really the long body of work they've done such a tremendous job, just could not throw strikes, just not could not get it done. Um, so it was just one of those weekends where everything went South Carolina's way. They had good crowds. Uh, they were excellent in the plate. They made some incredible defensive plays that I'm sure even surprised their coaching staff. Um, so I left the weekend thinking, you know what, South Carolina is able to 
probably make some noise not only in the SEC East because I don't think anybody's going to catch Florida, but I do believe South Carolina, if they stay healthy with this lineup, is a team that certainly can make some noise and move at the SEC tournament, and who knows what will happen once the NCAA tournament begins. It was a good win over Lamar because you get that monkey off your back if you're LSU. It's not often they go 0-4 in a week. Uh, so that was a little new. But this is 17 new members of this team. And I was just sitting down a few moments ago, guys, going through my series preview uh, that we put out on social media. You know, I was looking at all the great numbers for Ole Miss. But you just got to remember, this point of the season, with Josh Smith returning and playing as well as he did on Tuesday night, um, you know, he's not only a great fielder and a great hitter. I mean, he really is a vocal leader, albeit just being a sophomore. He understands the sense of urgency that the guys went through last year in that incredible run uh, to the College World Series title series. Um, so having him back in there, not just around the program, but actually out on the field and in the dugout, um, you know, maybe he can impress upon some of these new members the sense of urgency. And, you know, if you look back at Coach Palmineri's tenure here at LSU, it's, it's just, this is not a unique situation for him, albeit a lot of devastating injuries this year. But they've had their backs to the wall with, you know, the season dwindling down. So I think this one is the most critical series of the season. Now, I may say the same thing next week when Arkansas comes into the box. Uh, but the fact now that you've got two teams atop the SEC West, LSU in a three-way tie, one game out, but Mississippi State maybe starting to figure things out, sweeping Arkansas last week. They can't afford to lose ground, so the back is to the wall. Uh, they've got to come out swinging in Oxford. You mentioned Smith and, of course, the welcome addition back into the lineup. What does this mean now in the field? With uh, I know he played some third. Uh, what will they do with the rotation now at short and third? You know, I'm, I'm going to be a little surprised, and I don't know any inside information. The team obviously left for Oxford yesterday. We're making our way up there now. I'd be surprised if, if the lineup is all that different than what we saw on Tuesday. Um, again, and, and the reason I say that is, well, you could look at it from an offensive production and say, well, you need the best bats in the lineup because they have struggled uh, most of the season, certainly here of late, in, in producing runs and, and, and putting back-to-back hits and timely hits with runners on base. Uh, and when you look at how Hughes, as great a job as he's done at shortstop, filling in much sooner than he thought due to the injury to Josh, um, you know, he just doesn't have that. You know, he's going to be batting under 200 against SEC, slightly over 200 overall. Uh, but I know Coach Paul Maneri, and I know he strongly believes that pitching and defense win titles. Uh, and I think it, it would surprise me a little bit if they make a move and put Josh back at short uh, as well as uh, put somebody else in at third and take Hal out of the lineup for his defensive, uh, uh, his, his handiness at shortstop. I also think, that with Josh Smith coming back, you desperately need him, but you desperately need him to stay healthy. And uh, shortstop's going to require a, a lot more movement uh, than he would have to do at third base, plus the fact that he played third base last season and did an excellent job in his freshman year. So we'll wait and see, uh, but I kind of think we'll see a, a similar lineup. I think Daniel Cabrera and both Georgia kind of moonlight between left field and DH, and I think we could see Austin Bain, stay at first base. If they make a move, you might see Austin go to third and maybe put in Nick Coombs or, or possibly Nick Webb uh, at first. But uh, we'll wait and see until later tonight. But I, I just don't expect there to be a major change in that lineup. And, Chris, as you mentioned, as dreadful as that weekend was in South Carolina, you look at the SEC West, and this is basically one of those 
separation weekends where you get an opportunity to kind of make some uh, noise and, of course, uh, get yourself back atop because right now LSU at 9-9, nine and nine, but as you mentioned, still right in the thick of things, just literally a game out. Yeah, I mean, that's where you look at. I mean, again, looking at the standings this morning, just to refresh my memory, you're looking at Ole Miss and Arkansas at 10-8, and eight, uh, A&M, Auburn, LSU, they're tied at 9-9. Nine and nine. Mississippi State picking up those three wins last week, sweeping Arkansas now just a game behind LSU at 8-10. and 10. And then Alabama kind of the outlier at 5-13. and 13. But when you look at the schedules this weekend with the series that will be underway, I mean, you start to look at who's got who and realize very quickly that if you don't have a good showing, if you can't hold your own against Ole Miss, I mean, Auburn and Florida are going at each other. That's going to be a tough series uh, for Auburn on the road against the Gators. Um, but then you look at the other series with the teams that are sitting there in the West, Texas A&M and Mississippi State. You know, again, Texas A&M could get a leg up uh, with struggles for LSU and Oxford. Um, and then, like I said, depending on what Auburn does. So you, you don't want to lose any bit of ground because when you look up at the schedule, I mean, you got Arkansas coming up, you got Alabama, and then you got to go to Auburn. Uh, so every opportunity to pick up a win and try to get closer to 18, possibly somehow 17, 18 wins in the SEC, uh, you may have all the goals you set before the start of the season still in front of you. Chris, finally, uh, you got to love these uh, Thursday-Saturday series. Kind of get things Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not going to hear any complaints out of me for the Thursday through Saturday series. And, you know, Coach Maneri told me a couple of weeks ago, uh, from his standpoint, the coaches feel the same way because if you play a Sunday game, you have to have a mandatory day off, uh, which would obviously be on Monday. Uh, then you got to get ready for either a Tuesday game or a possibly Wednesday game, depending on where your midweek falls. Uh, so the way that that works is you can give the guys Sunday off and then start your week, uh, whether you play Tuesday or Wednesday, back out on the field preparing. Um, they kind of like that too. So, yeah, I absolutely love it. Plus, I get time to to get home and, uh, you know, spend some time with the family and, and, and do some other things beyond uh, LSU baseball. And finally, Chris, I'm glad you mentioned the social media updates. I uh, enjoyed the previews during the basketball season, now during uh, college baseball. For listeners out there that want to get a glimpse of those, where can they find them at? Uh, well, they're posted uh, usually if you follow at LSU Baseball or at LSU Tigers Voice, where I am on Twitter. Uh, we put that out there as well as my uh, Facebook page. Um, so it's pretty pretty easy to find, and um, you know it's about two minutes. Just kind of a give you a preview of who the Tigers are going to be playing, and some of the interesting facts and possibly things to look for uh, at the start of each series. So if you haven't checked it out, I invite you to do so. Chris, as always, we appreciate the time. Safe travels to Oxford. Uh, hopefully, a big weekend for the Tigers versus Ole Miss. Thanks, bud. Thank thank you guys, and go Tigers. <laughs> Chris Boyer, the voice of the LSU Tigers. You look at this series, LSU leads it overall 175 to 150. This series started way back in 1906. LSU has won six of the last seven regular season series with Ole Miss, and they won uh, two or three games against the Rebels last season down in the box. Um, so I agree with him that this is the most uh, important series as as of the season because when you look at it, LSU, it's do or die right now. Like, they have to turn it on right now if they want to get back into this conversation. And as far as Auburn and Florida, that's by far the best series of the, of the weekend for the SEC, in my opinion, because Auburn's been such a really good team. And Florida, 
it's been like Florida and everyone else this year in the SEC. They've just been that dominant. How about this stat? Tigers are not ranked in this week's uh, college baseball polls, ending a streak of 124 consecutive weeks. LSU has appeared in the top 25 poll. The last time LSU wasn't ranked in a poll was the final week of the 2011 season. Yep. I said that earlier this week, but that's that's fine. I'll let you have your moment. We can't repeat stuff on this show? I mean, Howard repeats stuff every hour. <laughs> I bring up one stat that you gave uh, on Monday. And I'm just Thursday. getting on your case, man. I don't know if you said it was 2011 either. I think you said 2013. I didn't say 2013. Uh, Ole Miss is number two in the SEC in team batting average with a 301 average. Did you say that on Monday? I didn't say that one, though. No. You, can, you can say it. Uh, also, college uh, baseball, ULM on their way to square off against Coastal Carolina. Grambling has the weekend off. Louisiana Tech, the second week in a row, a big Conference USA series on the road. They're up against Western Kentucky. Let's take a timeout. We dive back into the NFL draft coming up after the break. You can continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762. Jake, now that you've given your top ten, where are we going next? Well, we could go Saints, we could go Bust, or we could look at who, which players will be hanging out the longest. We'll have that awkward Aaron Rodgers moment. That's all coming up after the break on the Morning Drive. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Uh, before we get back into NFL news and notes, I probably should have tied this in in the last segment, but I dropped the ball. Jake didn't help me out either. Uh, Wayne Graham, been the longtime coach at Rice, has done some uh, incredible things. During his tenure, 23 straight NCAA tournament appearances, uh, won a national championship. When you do that with the Owls, you think, oh, that guy's probably got a pretty much a lifetime contract, right? You would think. You would think. Uh, at the age of 82, though, and they're not having a good year again. Like last year, you remember, they were struggling, and then, of course, they turned it around late in the year. But uh, the 
University has now informed Graham that his contract will not be renewed after this season. Uh, he wants to continue to coach, but it sounds like the Owls, or at least administrators of the AD, does not want him around anymore. I, I'm kind of torn on this because I feel like if anyone deserves something like a like a Paterno contract, so to speak, where he can stay there as long as he wants and unless something yeah. you know big time happens, but uh, I feel like Graham deserved that at Rice. But there's something about 82 that just sounds old. Like 70's fine, but when it gets to 80, I'm, I'm like, okay, I kind of understand. How about this resume? Uh, he won Rice's sole national championship in 2003. In 27 seasons at the school, he's won 21 conference championships. He's won more than 1,150 games. And uh, in 2012, he was inducted in the College Baseball Hall of Fame. Despite 23 consecutive NCAA tournaments appearances, the team hasn't advanced past the regional since 2013. So basically, he has set the bar so high for what he's done throughout yeah, his career. That's right. The expectations are so high, and now his teams aren't delivering it. So it looks like he's gonna a victim this of his own isn't, success. This isn't the storybook ending that a guy like that should have at a school. No, but I do hope you know at the end of the year they they send him off right. You know what I mean? You gotta, you got to. Well, everything he's accomplished there, you, you gotta, you gotta do something, do something special. Uh, he met with the media on Wednesday. Said the reason I felt it was necessary and go ahead and disclose what has been told to me. It's been finalized. It's that I feel like there were rumors out there surrounding the program that were now affecting the players. Mm. Uh, the AD then comes back and has to release a statement. I understand Coach Graham has made a statement regarding his contract, which expires at the end of the season, as is our practice. Conversations regarding con contracts with coaches and tenure are conducted uh, professionally. We do not comment on these or other personnel matters and will continue to proceed in that fashion. Oh, those are my favorite statements. So basically he's saying, yeah, it's true. Graham's out after this year. Yeah. All right. You want to yes. liven up the conversation a little bit? Let's look at the Saints draft here. And please let us know, 888-993-7762, what position do you think the Saints are going after and what player do you think they're going after? All right, you look at this, and, of course, they have uh, eight picks overall. But you look at their needs and, of course, the roster spots that you would think would be available. Uh, most project them taking some of these picks and, of course, uh, packaging them together and trying to move up a little bit. Because yes. you only have two in the first round. First two in, in the, the first, first three. three rounds. Correct. Um, yes, but let's just focus on tonight first. Just the number 27 pick around that spot. Let's go ahead and talk about Lamar Jackson first. Okay. Is he available then? I say no. Do you think there's any way he makes it to 27? Or is this going to be one of those things where the, the Saints have to package their 27 pick to move up? And He's one of those guys that you're looking for candidates, for guys that will be in that green room and will continue to fall. Uh, you would think at Baltimore, perhaps at 16? It would, it would make sense. But Sean Payton has you know, publicly said he likes Lamar he, Jackson. Yes, he loves Lamar Jackson. I guess the question I'm asking is, do you see the Saints moving up to get him? Because I don't think he's going to fall to 27. Mm especially with the way these other quarterbacks are going to come off the board. Somebody's going to be trigger-happy and, and go after him. Okay, two questions. Do the Saints and should the Saints? Move up to try to get? Yes, Jackson. Uh, I think they have other needs that they could probably fill. 
So you're saying Taysom Hill? I mean, you got to at some point have a future quarterback, correct? I don't believe in Taysom Hill, no. Yeah. But uh, it, okay, so I, I agree with you there. I don't think Lamar Jackson's part of it, but I, th- I feel like we should have at least addressed that just because of how much Sean Payton's talked about him. Most uh, mock drafts uh, have the Saints, of course, at number 27. If they do stay there, and this is a very deep class for tight ends, could you find somebody, of course, to uh, bridge the gap with uh, Ben Watson? Uh, absolutely. You really could. And I love Hayden Hurst. I've always liked Hayden Hurst. He's the kid from South Carolina. The South Carolina tight end. Um, he's 25 years old. So, I mean, he and he's was a former minor league baseball player. So, I mean, this guy is a professional. He He's professional in every sense of the word now the only problem is i don't know if he'll he'll be there i i think somebody's going to take him before 27 so then you look at some other tight ends you know you got gasecki from um penn state who i like a lot too you got the uh kid from south dakota state yeah who uh, dallas godert i believe is his name Leighton. um yeah go yeah um now he's interesting. He's six foot five, two hundred and fifty-six pounds. Uh, against FCS competition, he had ninety-seven catches for one thousand two hundred ninety-three yards and eleven touchdowns in two thousand seventeen. So this has Sean Payton written all over, doesn't it? Like I just see this as a pick that Sean Payton would go after, and I don't know if it's a first-round pick for him. Like I don't know if he might think he could maybe trade up to the second round and grab him. But this just seems like one of those, you know, FCS players that he would go after and get, and then they would turn out to be an all-pro one day. So I would not be shocked if he, if he does go with him, whether that be first round or if he tries to trade up in the second round. Um, what do you think about Josh Jackson? Yeah, I love Josh Jackson. I, <sighs> Iowa cornerback, of course, uh, made several spectacular grabs last year. Yes, I'm just – torn on it a little bit because led the country in interceptions with eight i'm not torn on him i think he's going to be a great player i'm just torn on the position need right like i feel like there are other positions you need first before a cornerback but like they always say you can never have enough good quarterback cornerbacks times McCune points out that uh josh jackson only started one year but if you want to go with that same well he only started one year and that was for iowa how about Marshawn Lattimore was only a one-year starter for Ohio State. That's so true. So true. And, and then you, you can also look at Alexander from Louisville, although most mock drafts I've seen have him going in the teens. Uh, they don't think he'll last that long. But if somehow he falls to that spot, that's the thing. If you look at it – He's if, the kid that missed the majority of the year with injuries, right? Yes. Last year he missed a lot. But two years ago, man, he really made a name for himself. I was – I watched uh, his first game with, with Louisville. I, I forgot who they were playing, but he had an interception early, and it was one of those plays where you're just like, I need to find out who this guy is right now. And then you start learning more about him, and then you know that's a, a kid that you keep an eye on the rest of his career. He was great for Louisville. And I know a lot of people like to pick on Louisville's defense, but he was one of the pieces of that defense that was really, really strong. Um, so he would be a great player. Do you beef up the defensive line? Do you look at a kid from uh, Alabama, Deron Payne? Deron Payne, maybe. Uh, does Harold Landry fall that far? Probably not. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those things where they're going to get the best player available. And, you know, they have several different positions they could go with. 
But if like a, a Landry fell or an Alexander fell or a Hurst fell, I think I would like to see them go tight end first just because Flanner just didn't work out, man. It just did not work out. And that, that was one piece of that offense that was missing. And if you can add that element that you had back then with Jimmy Graham to what we saw this year with Alvin Kamara, oh, man, you're talking about making this offense potent once again. I mean, it was already potent, but – you're just adding that extra element that Sean Payton can play with. And listen, we all know what a great teammate and what a locker room presence Ben Watson is. But uh, we were talking about there, a man. guy that is what? Is he 32? Something like I that. I thought he was older than that. Well, he might be. Um, but he's getting up there. And you mentioned uh, Landry, uh, the edge rusher from Boston College. 16 and a half sacks, 22 tackles for a loss in 2016. Uh, he's, oh, wow. another, he's another one of those players that had injuries. Uh, 2017 ankle and uh, injuries, which limited him to just five sacks on the year. I stand corrected, 37. <laughs> I didn't realize he was that old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good point. So even though you had Ben Watson, who had a, his best, one of his best years in the NFL with the Saints, yeah. um, still getting up there in age. Uh, the article in Times Picune also points out other players that the Saints might be eyeing, Alabama's uh, linebacker Rashawn Evans. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't hate it. Um, I just think, you know, again, I'm going back to that tight end. I won't hate Hurst, mm. honestly. I won't hate Hurst, and I, I hope, hope he, he falls to 27. Uh, Cowboys at 27. If they stay there, then you look at the Dallas Cowboys at number 19. Now with Des Bryant out, a lot of people believe they will be looking at a wide receiver. And this, uh, quite frankly, for the receiving class is pretty weak this year. Very but there weak. is one guy from Alabama that seems like we've been watching for a long, long time in Calvin Ridley. If he's available, do the Cowboys go there? I think so. Or do they go Cortland Sutton, your guy from SMU? Um, I, I would say Ridley over Sutton, though, for sure. You can continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762. Harzel, we mentioned uh, Graham at Rice at the age of 82. It appears he will be out at the end of the college baseball season. Harzel says, sounds old, but even Reagan was 80 when he became president. Hmm. Good point. Thanks for listening, Bastrop. Yeah. uh, It's actually Hartzell. I I apologize. Yeah. Coming up, uh, we'll discuss... I want to get into Darius Geis. Okay. If it's fair or unfair, what he's received. Does Geis make it in the first round tonight? That's the question. Um, And he'll be a part of my players that will be. Does Dante Jackson, does he squeak into the first round? I don't think so. But Darius Geis is part of my players that will be waiting the longest. Um, So we'll unveil those. We'll talk about those. Biggest bust in the NFL history also. And the biggest bust. 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive rolls along after this. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, Do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, 
cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklings. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in the West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. A couple other storylines certainly to be monitoring on this uh, draft day. Darius Geis, of course, uh, the situation with him. Uh, Actually, a little bit of an investigation by the NFL. They were just trying to cover their rear ends, correct, Jake? That's what it sounds like. Because who's going to come out and say, oh, yeah, we asked those questions. Guys uh, alleged that certain uh, or a team asked him uh, if he likes boys or men, I should say, and if uh, if his mother was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Remember, that was a big story. And so the NFL did an investigation um, and – came to find they didn't find any evidence suggesting that here was his quote uh, according to a usa today transcript of an interview he had on a serious xm radio guy said it was pretty crazy some people are really trying to get in your head and test your reaction i go in one room and a team will ask me do i like men just to see my reaction i go in another room they try to bring up one of my family members or something and tell me hey i heard your mom sells herself how do you feel about that yeah League immediately uh, condemned the alleged remarks as inappropriate and said that it would look into the matter. So okay. the bigger question now: Can guys slip into the first round? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I don't think so because it, you look at all this pre-draft stuff, man. All of a sudden, he has character issues that just wasn't there for his LSU career. And it's very strange. And even, you know, I, I read Ross Dellinger's story on him yesterday where he was saying, you know, he had this planned loud suit that he was going to wear and he, he had to change it and he had to just get something more casual. And he tone said, it down. Tone it down. He said he had to kind of not be himself, which he, he's always had that big personality. I mean, if you followed Geis and his career at LSU – you know, like, you know, he's there, you know, the interviews and just even, you know, videos of him on the field. Like he is a very playful guy. Like he loves playing the game and he shows it. 
So I don't know. For some reason now he has quote unquote character issues because there have been multiple stories out, and I hope that doesn't hurt his stock because he's a great a great player and uh, he he's been a good representative of LSU. He's one of uh, 22 players listed that is expected to be at the NFL draft at the Dallas Cowboys home stadium there in Arlington. Yeah, I mentioned uh, Dante Jackson. The reason I mentioned perhaps the first round just because of what he did in his workouts and the, the 4-3-2 that everybody marveled at, he certainly helped his cause. But you feel like that would be a little bit of a reach. A little bit. I see him going second round. Uh, if he goes first round, that would be big. But I, I just think he's going second round. Um, yeah, and, and Dante Jackson, I think if he would have gotten the 4-2 range, maybe. And, you know, the, listen, you squawk at that, but the 4-3-2 th- was kind of a disappointment for him. Yeah. The way that, you know, he's he's been known as the track star, and he was regarded as the fastest player on LSU for many, many years. And then, of course, rewind. I mean, you go back 13, 14 months from today before, of course, he uh, left the LSU football program, and how far Arden Key has now plummeted. I mean, you were looking at a kid literally uh, going, in, you know, as a sophomore. We're thinking uh, top ten pick with being an edge rusher and what he presents. Top five. He, he can't m- mess this up. <laughs> top five, man. And then he had the type of year that he had where still still question marks. And he said one day he'll, he'll talk about it. But, yeah, we'll wait for that day. Now, as in regards to who will be sitting around, kind of waiting, like the Aaron Rodgers um, draft year where he had, had to sit in the green room, it was very awkward. I think I'm going to put both Josh Rosen and Josh Allen mm-hmm. up for it because I think both ha- Allen has the chance. I personally don't see him dropping out of the top five. If he does, it'll be very strange and very weird. And if he somehow manages to fall out of the top ten, that would be crazy. Considering that, you know, a week or two weeks ago, everybody had him as the number one overall pick. Josh Ro- Josh Rosen's case, it's kind of crazy to think that he's the fourth quarterback now, the fourth um, quarterback if you're ranking these guys. Because for the longest time, it was kind of like, for the longest time, it was a trio. It was Allen, Rosen, and Darnold. And then Baker kind of made his way into into the the group with those four and then with his workouts and with the way these teams have fallen in love with baker baker has surpassed allen and rosen which is just crazy to me or at least they're saying he has if you're going off of what people are saying yes and that's kind of what i'm going off of but when you look at baker's measurables when you look at the uh (laughs) the antics that he had uh last season yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy that he would pass up Josh Rosen in, in such a way. A couple of texts here. Ben says, do you think Allen could drop with tweak concerns? If you're just That's, hearing this story yeah. uh, last night, of course, uh, everybody's digging through his or somebody dug through his old tweets back when he was in high school and obviously some uh, disparaging remarks that could get him in hot water or at least questioning his character. Yeah, it, it could very well happen, but you got to do your homework on these guys, man. you got to know – who these guys are before draft day, right? Like this, this comes out yesterday. And so by now everybody should have their homework. They should know these guys inside and out. And so 
I don't think that's going to sway a team too much. But it could. Who knows? Ben also says he's read some concerns that Geis is a diva. FS in Farmerville says, I'm pretty sure Des Bryant said some teams asked him similar questions, referencing Darius Geis and the questions he was asked at the combine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And you know what? Uh, I failed to mention this. A lot of people were, were talking about the biggest bust in draft history. Forgot to read the money because a lot of people were saying Jamarcus Russell because of the money yeah. that he was given. And Jamarcus had, we went through the numbers, actually has better statistics Slightly than Ryan better. Lee. Yeah. Blows him away. Yeah, yeah. 52% completion percentage compared to 48%. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Russell actually uh, $61 million, $32 million guaranteed. This was over six years. So $32 million guaranteed. And I remember at the time that was a big story. Mm. And Leaf got a four-year deal for $31.25 million, got $11.25 million guaranteed. Hmm. So in terms of money, yeah, Russell's the bigger bust. Uh, Ryan Leaf was the second overall pick by the Chargers in 1998. Jamarcus Russell, first overall by the Raiders back in 2007. You can weigh in at 888-993-7762. The biggest bust as we look forward to this NFL draft. Terry Waldrop just walked in and said, we are number one. We are number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, the reason you bring up the bus, because you look at these quarterbacks and the likelihood that one of them or a couple of them are bus, you just look at the history of the NFL. The percentages, man. And you just look at some of these names and how high they went and what people thought about them coming out of college. Uh, we mentioned Leaf. We, we mentioned Jamarcus. How about some others? How about Vince Young? Yeah. Vince Young. Uh and, you know, some of these quarterbacks are bust not because of their talent, but because of the off-field stuff. They mm. just couldn't handle it. I could say that about Jamarcus Russell, really. Or they go to Cleveland. Or they go to Cleveland. <laughs> but, uh, That's not fair. But Vince Young, you know, coming out of college, that was one of the greatest college careers we've ever seen. You know, I mean, he was – I just remember, go back to that Rose Bowl game, not the 2005 one, but the one against Michigan where he announced to everybody, hey, I'm – one of the best players in the country. And then he follows that up with a brilliant year and, and then beats USC and what I still regard as the greatest game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so riding that wave of momentum, he goes to Tennessee, had some success early. Remember, his rookie year wasn't bad. He had yeah. a good rookie year and then just fell off the tracks. Uh, a couple of these quarterbacks, you could just see that the systems that they had in college. I mean, look back to Andre Ware. And what he did at Houston and then getting picked seventh overall by the Lions in 1990, his uh, career certainly did not pan out. Uh, then you got the likes of what uh, Heath Schuler, the third overall pick by the Redskins back in 1994. Just a couple quarterbacks that certainly did not pan out in the NFL. Other big busts, Jake. How about Tim Couch? Yeah. We mentioned him earlier, uh, but Tim Couch was, was a bust. He was the number one overall pick. Uh while we're going with the Browns, why not Trent Richardson? You know, I mean, that was the biggest head scratcher to me. The way that he had absolutely no vision, no vision. Like it, it was, I still go back to that video where there's a clear hole. I think it's on the goal line. There's a clear hole to the right side. And he just runs to the left, like doesn't even attempt to make his way back to the right side. And, uh, I mean, that it was plays like that that were numerous and that made him a huge bust in the NFL. And some of these quarterbacks, it's just horrible luck. And if you don't put the people around them, 
when you look at David Carr back in, uh, I believe it was 2002, yeah. the number one overall pick, I mean, they put a lot of money into Carr. I think there's somewhere around $60 million. But then, of course, they didn't pony up and have any offensive linemen that could block for him. And he was pretty much gun shy after the first year or two. Yeah, yeah, he was. And, I, you know, I remember that one, too. Um, Charles Rogers ah. with the Lions. He didn't exactly pan out as a, you know, wide receiver. And you remember, he was drawing comparisons to Randy Moss. Hmm. Didn't quite work out with the Lions. Um, you know, and, and I'm I'm blanking the Oklahoma State receiver that came out. Uh, uh, Black, uh, Black. Yeah, Justin Blackman with the Jaguars. Man, that one was shocking to me. I know he had some some speed concerns. People were concerned about his speed, but he was a beast in college. I mean, guy, the teams would bracket him, and it didn't matter. So I I was surprised that he didn't pan out uh, as well. Uh, AJ says it's a federal law to ask about sexual orientation in an interview. If that was proven true, would these people on these teams get fired or sue, sued? I firmly believe that Geis was asked that stuff. Hmm. Uh, Shane C. weighs in on uh, Vince, says uh, he did win uh, quite a few games in the NFL. Yeah, he did. He did. He had a really good rookie year. Um, here's another one. What about the Bengals quarterback, Peter Warwick? Hmm. That one didn't work out either. Uh, some of the biggest busts in NFL history, of course, we turn negative on this show. How about guys that actually panned out? That's no fun. You can weigh in at 888-993-7762. Tom wants to know uh, when Jake is going to give his softball previews as the state championships are getting ready to get underway down in Salton. I don't know. Hey, let me ask you this. <laughs> you just blew me off. Sorry. You blew me and Tom off. Sorry, guys. Uh Andrew Luck. Is he a bust? Not yet. It's worth asking. Not yet. Okay. Just chew on that. He's not throwing again. I heard it yesterday at a mini camp. Just chew on that. Who would have thought that Luck and RG3 would have went this route? Mm. Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this. The all-new Yard Power of Monroe, Northeast Louisiana's only Cub Cadet dealer. Your Cub Cadet Superstore is holding a big open house this Saturday where you can save 15% on all Cub Cadet Pro Z mowers. That could mean up to $1,800 in savings. Big discounts on a great selection, even red tag special deals on closeout inventory. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road car king. When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. Broken window? 
Sounds like you need Glassworks of West Monroe. Glassworks specializes in the highest quality residential glass. From insulated glass to protect your home from the worst weather to vinyl replacement windows with a lifetime warranty to custom installed mirrors and shower doors. Glassworks service is unmatched and their price is always competitive. Let them save you money. Glassworks, 800 Jonesboro Road across from the mill in West Monroe. 387-4747. Good morning. Here's the latest weather conditions for our area. Partly cloudy skies, not quite as warm today with a high of 69 degrees. Partly cloudy, 20% chance of rain on tonight, a low 54. Mostly sunny skies with a 20% chance of rain on tomorrow and a high of 78 degrees. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. I don't know if anybody else enjoyed today's show, but uh, Jake did, so that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, one overall. I uh, certainly enjoyed that interview with uh, Saints punter Thomas Morstead at the top of the show. If you missed it at 7 o'clock, really some good stuff from him, and uh, we'll share some of that, uh, the best part of it, uh, tomorrow on the morning drive in the 8 o'clock hour, because we know the uh, listeners change, and there's not many of you that can listen throughout the entire two hours. Richie says... In, in uh, response to my luck being a bust or not question, says, no, he's not a bust. I'll gladly figure him into the Drew Brees succession plan if the Colts don't want him. Ah, that'd be really good. That would be nice. You'd probably get him for uh, for pretty cheap right now. And it would be kind of like a deja vu, a quarterback uh-huh. that has some kind uh-huh. of arm problems and yeah. the Saints uh, do their research. And look, I'm and that, that is a little bit of a stretch, but it, it would be a great story. I really like Andrew Luck, and I'm not calling him a bust. I'm just saying I think it's worth bringing up the question because of the issues he's had. Yeah. And I'm rooting for him to get healthy again, and I want him to succeed because he he's one of those really really good guys that you like to root for. All right, for that storyline to play out, then Indy with what the sixth overall pick should go ahead if one of those Quentin four Nelson. quarterbacks or one of those four quarterbacks no. is available, go for it. No, there's yeah. no way. I'm just saying for this storyline to play out, they got to have a quarterback. What if they did? Take, yeah, that would saying. be a stunner. Yes. They take a Philip Rivers type guy. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. All right, all right. You want to review real quick uh, your top ten after you did all this uh, incredible research, and I spent about two minutes on this practice, and literally now four or five of our picks are exactly the same. Sure. I. You know what? You can just say you want to read off your picks, and it'd be the same <laughs> oh, effect. Okay. All right, one. I shouldn't throw shade when I'm doing No, you shouldn't oh, throw sorry. shade. Oh, you know that phrase. <laughs> All right, number one, Sam Darnold, Cleveland. We uh, agree. Yeah, two, I had a trade. Yeah. I had the Jets trading with the Giants, moving up one pick. We saw it last year with the Bears taking Mitchell Trubisky. Why can't history repeat itself? Baker Mayfield, uh, the Jets would take Baker Mayfield in that spot. I had Barkley at two, Baker Mayfield also with the Jets. So two of our three picks are the same. No, they're not. Well, we got the same player going number three, Baker Mayfield. No, I have Baker Mayfield going two. Okay, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Good grief. All <laughs> right, so let me reread my list. <laughs> Sam Darnold one, two, Baker Mayfield to the Jets in okay. a trade. Okay. Three, Brad, Bradley Chubb to the Giants. Okay. Four, Saquon Barkley to the Browns. Okay. I got Chubb going number four to Cleveland. Okay, so we're different. Okay, we got one the same so far. Number one, Sam Darnold. Five, Josh Allen with the Bills in a trade from the Broncos. We have that the same. Okay, six, Quentin Nelson, Colts. We have that the same. <laughs> Seven, Derwin James, Tampa Bay Bucks. We have that the same. 
Eight, Denzel Ward, Bears. Uh, I got uh, Fitzpatrick from Bama going to the Bears. Okay, nine, Roquan Smith, 49ers. We had that the same. And then ten, Josh Rosen to the Cardinals we got in a trade same. with the Raiders. So we did not compare lists. So one, two, three, four, five, six of the top ten picks, we had the same. All right, this should play, play out well. Will tonight. we beat out Kuiper and McShay? Or Mayock. Are we including Mayock in it, too? We went through his top ten. He All was our right, expert fine. in this exercise. Okay. Uh, I, I think we'll get two right. Two of ten. <laughs> that's no way. That's, our, that's my There's prediction. There's no way we get two of ten. Yeah. We at least get four. All right, that leads us to our parting shot. Most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. Our parting shots are clean and spontaneous. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Nothing is off limits. That's the stupidest question you've asked today. Of course we don't have any computers. Our fearless hosts. But they are who we thought they were. We'll pull no punches. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your... Time to hand out some knowledge. What else do you want to know? Parting shot as we attempt to end with a bang. I love you guys so much. Bourbon Street, watch out. You know... You know that Tommy Tharp and Larry Merchant in a parting shot. It's about right. Yeah. You didn't recognize uh, Tharp's voice. No. He actually sounded like Terry Waldrop a little bit. <laughs> now that's a parting shot there. <laughs> um, so, for the draft tonight, are you watching NFL Network or ESPN? Uh, I'd probably go back and forth. I was going to pull that up here. Uh, just the, the lineups. See, for me, who, I, who, are, the, who are the selling points? Kirk Herbstreet. That's why I'm going to ESPN. I, I love Herbstreet. He knows the college game better than anyone else. He knows these players better than anyone else. All right, so ESPN talent, they're going with Wingo, Kuyper, Riddick, Herbstreet, and McShay. That is their uh, A team, of course, that will get a majority of the coverage. They're insiders, NFL Network, and, of course, uh, Fox is going to have a hard time competing against Mortensen and Schefter. Absolutely. Handling the interviews, Susie Colbert. She's solid. So uh, for the reporters, they're going to be in Cleveland. Uh, they'll be with the Giants. They'll be with the Jets, and they will be with Buffalo. The ESPN College Day primetime crew, though, will do some work. So hopefully that features uh, Tom Rinaldi doing a couple of tearjerkers. Probably so. So then you look at uh, the NFL Network and Fox, what they're going with. They got Eisen. They got Eggman. They got Mayock. They got uh, Jeremiah. They got David Shaw. That's interesting. Joel Klatt, Charles Davis, uh, Chris Rose, Steve Smith Sr., and the Mooch. It's a lot of guys to fit on the uh, stage there. <laughs> Must be a big set. Yeah. Ian uh, Rappaport will be their insider. ESPN has a huge advantage right there. I would say so. What about interviews? Uh, they're going with uh, Deion Sanders. That's he, he will be hugging. Sanders interviewing is, you, is a plus for them. You like that style. I do. I think it's I've seen you hug a few kids when you're interviewing beforehand. I was going to bring that what? up. Yeah, you, you hug it out with them, and then you ask the hard hitting. When questions. have I ever done that? Uh, numerous times. You are a liar. Uh, Jacob Pearson uh, last year, uh, Slade Bowen, and I for sure saw you <laughs> hug it out with him before <laughs> you started making interviewing. stuff up. No, it's true. Okay, I'll get a picture of it next time. All right. Uh, Melissa Stark will also be doing the interviews with uh, Dion. All right. Can I get to my part and shot? Yes, please. After you spew those lies. Um, LSU. I threw you off, didn't I? You did, because I was like, where is this coming from? <laughs> All right, LSU. Uh, basketball, obviously, Will Wade has 
done a great job with this class. Well, he added another person to this class, the 2018 class. He got Marlon Taylor from Panola College. Now, I don't know who this kid is. But, boy, the highlights look pretty good. But, boy, the highlights look good. This guy can jump out of the gym. They're not even real highlights. They're just him dunking in, in practice. Like behind his back and yeah. under his legs. And yeah, it's sick. Anyway, JucoRecruiting.com said most athletic wing in the country. So the rich get richer. Mm. What is your immediate uh, response from that? The problem, the only issue I have is uh, why did it take so long to sign him? It's kind of late in the process, right? It is weird, but uh, you had a different reaction off air. I don't remember what it was. I'm wondering when they're going to catch Wade. <laughs> yeah, what's the over and under <laughs> when uh, the investigation starts on LSU basketball? Oh, man. Will they get midway in the They've already investigated year? Wade. All right. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, that was a fun show. It, so you can admit it was fun? Yeah, it was enjoyable. Okay. I, just because I got a couple low blows in there at the end. Okay. You hugging Makes it, it all out. worth it. You hugging it out. Okay. Uh, we'll break it all down tomorrow, the first round of the NFL draft. What else we got going on tomorrow? We're going to talk some softball. I promise tomorrow, state championships. We've got a number yeah. of teams playing today down in Sulphur. But really, tomorrow is the huge day with the uh, state quarterfinals down there. Tomorrow is softball day. And, and I think we're going to get uh, Todd Black on the show. He's been on before. He is obviously not a huge fan of the select, non-select. He's been crunching the numbers. He'll give us some of those coming up tomorrow. Sounds good. Everybody have a fantastic day. Enjoy the draft tonight. Thanks for listening to Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.